I'm remember, I'm with Atlantic Coast Mortgage now. <laughs> well, you're going to tell us oh, who I, you're with. I am Kelly from oh, First Home Mortgage. <laughs> Come on, Kelly, say the right name. Do you see her do that at the at the YPN happy hour? But wait, you've never worked for First Home Mortgage. She did. Oh. I did for five yeah. years, five, she, six years before. She's like stood up and was like, hi, in front of everyone. I'm Kelly. I'm with First Home Mortgage. Everyone with who was with First Home Mortgage in the crowd's like. Exactly. <laughs> 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 They're like, that was the time. You're listening to the DC Real Estate Podcast, the podcast where we focus exclusively on all things local to the DMV area. Local investors, local knowledge, local experts. Our journey starts now. Hey everyone, welcome back to this week's episode of the DC Real Estate Podcast. My name is Russell Brazil and I am an associate broker with Arla Ad Properties. And I'm Sarah Frank. I am a licensed realtor, DC and Maryland on the District Invest team with Russell. And today we have a very special guest, our lovely Kelly Goodman. Hello. <laughs> she is a lender with Atlantic Coast Mortgage. I keep messing up mortgage names, so that's good. Atlantic Coast Mortgage. And today we're going to talk about LLPAs, which seem to be the social media misinformation uh, post of the month. So Russell, take it away. Yeah. So actually, well, well, Kelly, let's start with a very basic situation because no one actually knows what they are. What is an LLPA? So an LLPA is basically, sorry, I need to get closer to the mic. Um, an LLPA is basically an upfront cost charged on your mortgage. And upfront in the sense of, you know, when the investor goes to sell your loan, that's a, a cost that's going to be incurred, right? But you pay them in the form of interest rates. So it, very simply, I would say it's... Um, um, it's a piece of of risk tied to your loan that either makes your rate more expensive or less expensive, um, depending on certain risk factors. And I love that you use the word risk, right? Because the pricing of bonds or any time a debt instrument, any type of loan is all based on risk right. and all the different factors that make up that risk. So each LL. PA sort of represents one little piece of risk, right? Absolutely. And it was basically done in reaction to 2008, right? Yeah. I mean, back in the day, um, you know, there there weren't any LLPAs, right? Everyone got the same rate. But then at some point, the FHFA realized that, hey, we don't have much money. We don't have much, much liquidity. Um, they needed to get more money, right? But they couldn't just go and throw a giant fee on everybody because there would be hell to pay, right? Mm -hmm. So they kind of devised this plan where they would charge more if um, they determined that your loan was more likely to go in default. And that's why, you know, credit scores are huge, right? Um, Condos are more likely to go into default, investment properties, um, cash out refinances, those are all deemed riskier. So you are going to have higher LLPAs. And I love that you touched on the different types of LLPAs because, right, the ones they're talking about in the news right now is the adjustment to the credit score ones, but there's LLPAs for all different kinds of Tons. things. Right. Investment property versus uh, owner occupied, condo versus single family. Right. But you know what? It's 
I think the reason why it's such a hot button issue right now is, first of all, mortgage rates are higher than, you know, a lot of us have seen, especially millennials, right? We've only really seen reactions to bad stuff happening, you know? Mm -hmm. We had lower rates after the bubble burst and, of course, COVID. So we haven't actually seen real rates. And then if you throw out a headline, Biden administration subsidizes, first of all, everyone gets hot under the collar because Biden in a headline makes everybody feel a certain way. Yeah. And then you throw in subsidizing, you know, lower credit scores. Then everybody's like, socialism, we knew it was coming. Yeah. Like, it's a very, like, yeah. there's a reason why the media threw those yeah. kind of hot words in there. But they, it's not as sexy as it sounds. They're among us. <laughs> yeah. they, they walk among us. Yeah, like, here, here's a couple of uh, uh, headlines that I screen captured earlier. New rule, the better your credit score, the higher your mortgage rate. Yeah, like who writes these? So first of all, these adjustments were made months ago. Yes. And these news articles are just coming out. Right. So Last we knew week. about lenders knew about it in January. And basically for a period of time, we had kind of you, well, at least when I was at my former company, we had rates for borrowers that were closing on homes for 17 and after, and then borrowers that were closing on homes before, right? So most lenders kind of already started baking this all in in April, right? Mm -hmm. So like we kind of, we already knew it was all happening. So the fact that it escalated so quickly after we all kind of knew, we're like, okay, well, I guess everyone's kind of catching on at this point, but they are effective technically May 1st. Yeah, well, I mean, with some headlines like, why is the Biden administration punishing financially responsible homeowners? <laughs> because like, Satan worshiper. Yeah, exactly. So so right on the basis, Joe Biden has nothing to do with interest rates, right? It is his administration, right? Like, there are certain incentives that they are really focusing on. But you would think he was directly involved with... Uh, <laughs> Raising fees on people with 740 credit scores. Well, yeah. but so this falls into the same tranche to me as when people were talking about how foreclosures are up when the previous year they were like record low. So yeah. anything that's higher than what it was during yeah. COVID will be higher. It's the same thing kind of with these LLPAs, right? Because they might, you know, have changed in comparison with each other, these yeah. the different loan levels, but compared to their own, they've gone up. Right. And that's the big thing is you have the media showing these heat maps, yeah. right? And the heat maps got, I mean, and really they're making it seem like people don't know enough to know that they're comparing against the past, mm -hmm. right? So they're like, oh, it looks like it's red here when the credit score, the the portion for somebody with a 640 FICO is green. But it's like, no, they're comparing last the last LLPAs, yeah. right? Yeah. How things have changed, not one versus the other, right? Yeah. And being like I did in college, it took like two semesters in economics just on like how to present data in a way that is accurate and using a heat map for something that has different levels <laughs> and then cross crossing those levels on top of each other in a heat map is like how not to make a graph 101. <laughs> well, you know, one of the problems I had with that heat map too is so if the drop was a quarter point or an eighth of a point, the color on the map was like yellow, which still looks like bad, mm -hmm. right? Like, so it, even just the colors that they chose to try to show a rising LLP, a dropping LLP, um, it, it wasn't presenting a true picture of reality. And the the principle that they're raising these, these points or the cost for higher in, uh, higher credit score people 
and then taking that money to subsidize, yeah, yeah. like that's not the flow of capital there. Right. And not to mention, when you even look at the LLPAs, right, it's not one for one, right? Where if you're being hit for a point, it makes your rate one point higher. It's actually a one to four, right? Mm-hmm. So if you're getting a one point hit, it might only impact your rate by a quarter. And then even on top of that, taking it another step further, I mean, it might not even impact your rate at all because it depends on the amount of money money that's in the loan, right? Or the cost of the rate itself. So if a quarter isn't going to push your rate up, you know, that much, you might still get the same rate, even though you're getting that LLPA. So it's just like, it's just overstated, really and truly. Yeah. And really, people have been focusing on two specific LLPAs in there. It's the people with 640 credit, and I forget what LTV, where they they experienced uh, like 85, I think, was the big thing I've been seeing. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So they they had a their LLP because their LLP was 3.5 percent right yeah, to start, which yep. is a huge number, and it dropped to 1.75 percent, which is still the largest adjustment. Yes, mm-hmm. it's still a worse rate than having a 740 credit score. Yeah, like, you're still going to get a better loan product yeah. for having good credit. Yes. And this is why these things were created. Going back to risk, think about 2008. First of all, we were at our YPN thing and I was talking to someone who's a realtor who had never seen the movie The Big Short. Oh, yeah. yeah. And I'm like, please go watch that movie and then watch it again and then watch it again. And then you'll understand why things like this exist. Yeah. Because there were strippers with seven houses, you know, like in... No issues with that, but like there wasn't verification of income, like the credit score wasn't 100%. taken as seriously as it is now. These things are in place now to protect the banks. First of all, if you have a lower credit score, there's more possibility of you defaulting. Right. So it's not it's not like robbing from one tranche of borrower to pay for another one or subsidizing. I guarantee you it's going to be more expensive for you to borrow regardless if you have a lower credit score, as it should be. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, Absolutely. And I remember, I, so I started Mortgage in 2008, and my first week there, um, I'm not going to say the company I was at, but um, the cube next to me was having their desk rated. <laughs> like, and I was like 20 years old, and I'm like, okay, this is great. Because, you know, you're right, there were strippers with seven houses. I mean, a fry cook could say they made a million dollars and they were getting a mortgage. And then once there was rules... Um, some loan officers made their own W-2s, yeah. pay stubs and yeah. stuff like that, right? Like, so, yeah. So it's not necessarily a bad thing that it is now harder to do fraud. Exactly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's harder to fraud yes. overall. Yeah. So, so the LLPAs on around, I don't know, 740-ish, right? They went up like slightly from zero to like an eighth of a point, right? Right. Well, actually, well, so about about three quarters they went up. Yeah. So it used to be under the old LOPAs, the top level pricing was for 740 and above. So they actually ended up adding more kind of brackets, right? So the new 780 bracket. Yeah, the new 780 bracket, right? So the 740 has gotten worse, um, you know, and then now, of course, you have the 780 and that's kind of the top tier. And the 780 essentially has gotten better. Yeah, yeah. Um, yep. Right. And so that's the thing is everyone's ignoring is like that 780 at I think it was 80 LTV and 75 LTV. Those people got an improvement. Right. Right. Yes. So why aren't we saying that, well, the best credit people are making out at the at the behest of the middle credit people? Because <laughs> yep. you could easily just say the same thing with the adjustments there. 
but that's not uh, right as sexy of a headline. No. And, you know, I, I have this conversation with my nine-year-old pretty often because she'll watch, see something on the news and she'll be like, oh, my gosh, is this going to happen to me? And I'll go, well, here's the thing. The reason why it's on the news is because it's different. It's unusual. Like, if it happened all the time, like school shootings, it wouldn't be on the news as much as depressing as it is. But mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like, there, it's it's the unusualness of it. It's the it's the little bad stuff that makes it news and makes it clickable and makes it interesting. Because if everyone said, "Hey, if you have a better credit score, a credit score seven eighty higher, your your score, your rate's going to get better," people would be like, "I knew that already." Like, oh, having a great credit score is great, and they, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. but if you phrase it the other way. You know, I mean, then then suddenly people are people yeah. are down. The comments are pretty great. It's like, oh, I'm just going to stop paying my taxes oh, and not paying off my credit cards because it's good, America, <laughs> to be financially irresponsible. Yeah. It's like, geez, people will take something and just run with it. They really will. Super quickly. Yeah. Even my sister said that to me and I was like, hold on. No, no, no. Let's not. Don't do that, please. You oh, know, I gosh. even see like a number of people in the industry who know better. Yeah, yeah. And they're still repeating incorrect information. Yeah, absolutely. But you know, I, I think a big thing to touch on too is like the whole purpose of this is to help first time home buyers, right? And then all like it's a very it's it's meant to do good, you know, mm-hmm. especially because the credit system in this country is stacked against people. Unless you've had parents who have good credit and they passed it on to you, then you're already starting behind, right? Mm-hmm. Like, so I, you know, I hate to say it. Is, is this the best way to go about it? And eh, probably not, you know, but. But you know what's interesting? So you mentioned, the right, right they're doing this to try to incentivize first time home buyers. This isn't even the first LLPA changes this year with that same goal. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. They just made adjustments on the condos. Right. Right. Yep. And then on top of that, you know, if you're a first time home buyer who makes under 120% of the area median income, yep. this doesn't apply to you anyway. Mm-hmm. And in Fairfax County, the area median income is 164000 <laughs> So if you make under 164000 and you're a first time home buyer, none of this applies to you anyway. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's like, it's scary, but people are not really talking about that portion of things or, you know, home ready, which are, even if you're not a home, a first time home buyer, if you make under 80% of the area median income, this doesn't apply to you either. Mm-hmm. It doesn't apply to VA, doesn't apply to FHA. So there's a bunch of different things that they're not. So really we've just wiped out half the loans that people use. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Because earlier in the year, they dropped the LLPA and the condos. Mm-hmm. I forget what it was, but they removed it entirely, right? Because that's more likely what first time home buyers are, are going to buy. Yes. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah, but, but no one went crazy when that happened. No one was screaming socialism then. Um, so. Although getting people to scream socialism is very easy. <laughs> Not that easy. hard these days, right? Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Yeah. All right. So, so any uh, any cool products you got working right now or? So I really like this uh, Appraisal Buster product that we have at Atlantic Coast. Oh, I don't know about this. Yes. So let's just say you're putting 20% down. The appraisal comes in and it pushes you to, you know, 15% 15% loan to value. At that point, you would probably need mortgage insurance. Your monthly payment would change, everything like that. Unless, of course, you bought more cash and everything like that, right? But with ACM's appraisal poster program, you could leave everything the same and no mortgage insurance and basically nothing changes for you. So, yeah, it's pretty much it. Like, yeah, yeah it's pretty yeah. great. It's huge, you know, Um 
I think as we kind of head into this market, having stuff like that is is pretty giant. Yeah. Is that geographically based or anywhere? You guys anywhere. Are? Yeah. yeah, okay. yeah. Yep. Interesting. Yeah. So that's a big one that I'm like kind of pushing right now because it's really, I mean, we are in appraisal waving season almost constantly. Yes. <laughs> Points like, yes. Yeah. We just had a contract uh, that we're on the listing side. The appraisal came in low, right? But mm-hmm. they didn't have a contingency. So. Yep. So ha. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I was I was curious. So I was like, well, what was it? They didn't tell me, but yeah. I was like, I just want to know because you know you put effort in on the listing side to send comps and stuff, and yeah, I would have bet my life on the fact that it would appraise. So I think also, it, they didn't tell you it came like what it came. They didn't tell me what it came in at. But they weren't uh, trying to negotiate. They weren't negotiating. Side. So what if? I feel like they could have told you that. They could have, yeah. There's a lot of other things going on with this transaction that we won't, you know, <laughs> I don't want to have to like rehash it in court or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it was fine. <laughs> it wasn't a big deal, just contractual stuff. But I did want to know because I was like, well, why? Yeah. <laughs> it, it depends on the lender. And yep. another reason I tell clients, please, let's use a local lender. Yep. It's because when you come in with your Bank of America, your Capital One, they're going to send an appraiser from from Scranton, Pennsylvania, who doesn't know anything right. about only Maryland, you know, like what are they, and you can't blame them, but then you got to appeal it if it's super bad and it just creates this extra I'm like layer. getting the appeal. I mean, getting an appraiser of mm-hmm. all people to change their mind <laughs> is not like, yeah. I think over 15 years, I've had it happen twice. And it was one time because the appraiser was went down to Richmond and he was like, okay, you know, like I, you know, I do mostly Northern Virginia. So he was kind of cool about it and changed it. And then it was a VA appraiser the second time. And it was mostly because the guy did me a solid and he was like, submit the stuff this way and I can fix it for you. If there's any federales listening, you didn't hear that. But you know what I mean? Like, yeah. So it's it's not very often that they're going to fix it for you whatsoever. They're just, you know, they're going to justify it at that point. We got one fix last year. We had to kind of threaten legal action, I think, because it was really bad. Was that uh, up in Montgomery Village? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it came in really low. And I was like, the comps were bad. They used to like year and a half old comp. Oh my they gosh. put a huge location adjustment on another one that was a, like on the same block. They were like, oh I know, yeah, it was just like one of the worst. It was a big bank. Yeah. And we were like, listen, that doesn't happen in white neighborhoods, but it's <laughs> happening here, honey. What's going on? Yeah. And they made an adjustment, but it wasn't the adjustment we wanted. We had to end up working something out, but it was a big bank. Well, they so typically like, also uh, have different of like appraisal guidelines than everyone else, right? Mm-hmm. Because we just follow Fannie and Freddie what they want. Mm-hmm. And because banks are taking the bigger risk by actually holding the loan, they just have more rules on their appraisals, right? Yeah. So they're more likely to come in low just because they're using their own guidelines <laughs> and not what Fannie and Freddie want. Right. And yeah. very strict rules. That's why it's very important to send the comps you want them to use and explain why you pick those comps, especially in like Baltimore, run into lots of appraisal yeah. issues because things change geographically. You can't just set a, a pin on the map and do a radius. You'll end up in all sorts of what you were just saying literal about trouble. That appraisal in a right property in Bolton Hill, and they used a comp from uh, Pigtown. Pigtown, yeah. So if you're familiar with Baltimore and listening, you're going to be like, what? <laughs> what? That Not doesn't make Pigtown. any sense. <laughs> Pigtown's maybe twenty five percent of the value of. Bolton Hill, right? I mean, yeah, if you look at like area, like uh, area median income compared to those two places. Yeah. Crazy. I mean, there's no AMI that's super high in Baltimore, period, compared to DC. But even just those two places, geographically, they're not that far from each other. 
But it's like in terms of the product that's there, it's vastly different. And so, yeah, FHA. So we're going to have to, if we want the new buyer to come yeah. in, we're going to have to request a uh, appeal on that. I but. feel like the only time I get the appraisers to over, uh, change their appraisals when there's something like grossly negligent in it. Like a, yeah. I had an appraisal for a multifamily property that we were buying in the that one of the comps they use was an illegal multifamily, right? Which has a you know, $150,000 price difference on value. Um, Did you just show up? I bet Russell printed off the zoning thing and showed up like, huzzah, yeah. in person. <laughs> this isn't legal and I'll tell you why. Yeah, I'll take you down on Facebook, mister. Because, <laughs> yeah, all, but that was all like it pretty takes. blatant, right? Like, I mean, he's using an, just an incorrect property type altogether. Was uh, it like non-conforming or something? Or No, it just had, like he just he pulled up single families and it had like a basement, illegal basement, unit, right, which right. is different from having, you know, a legal multifamily. Um, sure is. Yeah. The federale is listening. <laughs> wink, wink. He, he wasn't happy to change it, but he, you know, he did. But yeah, appraisers never want to change the um, change the pro- no, price. You know, I realized so for a point in time, my husband was like, I should become an appraiser. And I, you know, know some appraisers. I happen to have like a family friend who's been doing it forever. And I called her up and I'm like, oh, you know, getting becoming an appraiser seems super like not easy, but like not that hard, right? And she's like, oh, no, 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 no. It's like 20 kajillion years of learning. Mm-hmm. You have to basically say, hey, for four years, I'm Be not getting paid. Yeah. yeah, I'm not getting paid. I mean, hours and hours. And it's like, okay, this is why it's filled with like, like older dudes because getting into it, especially in this economy and deciding not to get paid, it's pretty hard. Mm-hmm. And so it's like you end up having all these appraisers who have been doing it for 20 billion years and then they all like kind of bounce stuff off each other and they become almost like these gods in the real estate world where it's like nobody wants to mess with the appraiser. <laughs> <laughs> and they can't believe it with their own eyes, the prices that we have now. They're yeah. like, golly geez, kiddo. This, this, <laughs> in my day, this yeah, house would have been a... Hundred thousand dollars. Yeah. Anytime I hear an appraiser starts talking about something to the effect of like faster prices have gone up, I'm like, this guy's giving me a low number on this, isn't he? Hundred (laughs) percent. Yeah, I've taken to trying to like win like a hearts and minds tour with the appraisers, like just trying to make them like me as a person. That's how you know it's rough out here. Do this to me, I'm your pal Sarah. Like what? Like (laughs) I was at your kid's soccer game last weekend. Yeah, but seriously, it takes like. Uh, a lot. It, it's amazing, like the breadth of personalities from one end of the spectrum to the other. Because I, I was doing this appraisal once in Columbia Heights for one of my friends and met the appraiser with comps and everything. And this was on a refi. Um, and we we're talking to the appraiser and going through the house. And he goes, Is your name Russell? And I was like, Yeah, yeah. He's like, I, he's like, I know you from here and here and here. He's, and then he goes, uh, what number are you guys trying to hit on the uh, oh, on the value here? <laughs> Just writes it in. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Tell him, and he's like, "Yeah, you guys get no problem. We'll, we'll, we'll get you there." It checks out. Yeah. Well, like, because you, you're so good with research. Like, whatever number you give him, you're, you'd be able to, like, back it up. We, well, we just had that a problem with the appraisal in that Silver Spring house, right, just last week, <laughs> where the listing agent was ignoring you. Um, Russell, stop bringing this house but we up. Found, <laughs> where we found extra comps to give them from the, um, we looked at tax record sales instead yeah, of the MLS. Yeah, so that's a good example of the non-conforming. So this house is what, 
I have been told that I cannot legally coin this term, which is upsetting because I'd be rich, I think. Fauxplex, single family house with a non-conforming ADU of some variety, whether it's like a carriage house, a walkout basement, seven foot ceilings, all those things. It's like the house hacking middle ground where we live in an expensive market because finding a multifamily is just like impossible at an entry price point that makes sense. This is one of those properties. So he couldn't find a house that was the same square footage that had the two bedrooms upstairs and then one below grade. All of them in this area had three above above ground and then some basement components. So he he was great. He called me. He couldn't get a hold of listing agent. So he called me and was like, if you can find me ones that match this, you know, just send them to me. So Russell and I did a deep dive and we found some off-market sales, some like, um, you know, previous ones where you just have to go through the pictures and find what matches. But if you're not from that area, you wouldn't even know where to look. So it worked out in the end. Barely. The Foplex. The Foplex. <laughs> and that's good appraiser. We like him, right? He reached, couldn't get the listing agent, kept reaching out to, uh, to see who he could get. Yeah. Right. And he was great. So, and he uh, admittedly was like, I can't find, I know it must exist. Or otherwise, like you wouldn't, you know, you wouldn't put your clients in. It's a VA loan. You wouldn't put them in a position to have to bring all this money. And I was like, you're right. Uh, I wouldn't intentionally do that. Uh, but he was really communicative, which was great. And he was like, I don't know, please. And we we found a lot them. of off-market sales when we were researching that, which I was kind of surprised. I think we we provided him with seven additional comps that had never hit the MLS. Yeah, I mean, I'm finding for my clients who are looking in the 400 range that I'm doing a lot of off-market research to find properties because it's so competitive. There's just no inventory. Mm-hmm. So that makes sense in Silver Springs. It's like the 500K range. It's a lot of competition. A lot of competition. We don't have any inventory coming, which also. <laughs> <laughs> Great. <laughs> yeah, sorry to sorry to bring that up, but awesome. <laughs> yeah, housing starts are not looking good. Not, you know, yeah. inventory is going to be a multi-year problem. I think. Yeah. Should we all just quit? Yeah, right now. This is our resignation <laughs> to the, the world. last episode. It's done. You know what, though? I don't have anything but mortgage. This is all I have. So <laughs> right, you get to a point where you know so much about something that you can't. Change in you'd rather just be poor and just keep, yeah, you yeah. Know. Or I cool. call it, you know, secret second life, Kelly, where I'm gonna, you know, get a sleeve tattoos, <laughs> do scrap metal art. Hey, um, you know, move scrap. Out of- I can scrap see you metal- welding. Okay, so I've always wanted the glass blow too. Same vein, yeah, that's like the same along the genre. lines of like creating art. I don't yeah. know, you know, rustic. I live in the country. I have six dogs. Like you know, oh yeah, yeah. It's, this is my future after mortgage or before. I don't know what's going to happen. Yeah, screw <laughs> it. Just like quit, quit your job. Yeah, like, right now at this minute. Well, Russell, well, what would you do if you quit being a uh, being Russell today? <laughs> I don't know. I'd probably just be traveling. He's never thought of this. Yeah. <laughs> like, is that an option? Russell yeah. Brazil, not in real estate. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I don't know what I do. You could be like a wrestling agent for wrestlers. That would be pretty awesome. <gasps> yeah. Oh my god, I just solved your your life, and you start studying now, and then you can just make that. Yes, you could be an Aaron Bischoff. Aaron yeah. Bischoff. You could be. You could be a manager. 
I actually, growing up, I wanted to be a professional wrestler. I was going to tag team with Chris Jericho. That was my goal. I was going to go to the WCW power plant. I had a, lots of goals. Um, <laughs> if we had met sooner, you could have been my manager. Hey, it's not too late. You can, it's your first client, Russell. Yes. Yeah. So I was at, actually was at wrestling last night and we sat front row and and most of those guys are like my height. They're little tiny people. See, yeah. high flyers. Like those are the high flyers of the, the shorter fellows. You know? Guys can start training together and just go into biz. Although, you know, after one shoulder surgery, I don't know oh, what I yeah. have left in here. But you know what? I've got a lot of grit. I've got a warrior spirit. Yeah, you do. I always say. I'm like, you know, it's not the size of the dog. It's the size of the fight in the dog. Rickety shoulder and all. <laughs> Oh my God, I'm so motivated after this. You I'm either in the parking lot and fight right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sounds great. Heck yeah. All right, Kelly. So tell, uh, tell everyone where they can uh, reach you if they want to find more out yeah. about you and your products. Yeah. So you can reach me a couple places. Um, you can email me at kgoodman at acmllc.com. You can follow my Instagram for me, you know, giving you mortgage tips and overall just being kind of an idiot um, at DMV. V. Lender Kelly. Um, or you can call me too to ask mortgage questions, 703-850-2118. So lots of ways to reach me. Yeah. So if you guys are looking for a good lender, reach out to Kelly. Yeah. She's awesome to work with. Thank you. All right. We'll see you guys next week. Thanks for listening to the DC Real Estate Podcast. We hope you enjoyed the show. If you want to contact the hosts, reach out to them at info at dcrealestatepodcast.com. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review the show wherever you access your podcasts.